I guess I'm in the mood to record another episode of the Asian Thought Podcast. I wasn't really sure what to talk about, but I guess we can talk about what's going on in the summer, in the pandemic of 2021. I can't believe it's already August already. Let's see how long I can talk. You know how podcasts are usually like an hour to like, I don't know, 40 minutes long? I don't think I'll be able to talk that long, just on my own really. Sometimes conversations can go very, very long, but if it's just myself, it's just kind of practice on how long I could talk. But anyway, let's see. What can I talk about? Uh, I guess I came to talk about how I got into my dream job. Yeah, right. Congratulations to me. I got my dream job. Uh, it's. A job that I've been really been looking forward to because I was once uh, a c- customer or I can say a camper there. I went to that place before and I liked it so much I wanted to work there. And this place was Camp Galileo. Um, Camp Galileo has a special place in my heart because it really showed me that people care and. They care not just because of the your ability or the skills that you have, but because of just who you are, and that's was life changing enough for me to apply there and myself. So Camp Galileo is like a science camp. It's like a summer science camp in the Bay Area, and they really they kind of take like a different approach to science camps. Uh, and it's they follow things like the GIA, which is like Galileo Innovation Approach, which has like things like trying to be innovative, visionary, courageous, uh, determined, uh, collaborative. So those are kind of like the tenets of like Camp Galileo, but they kind of run things a little differently in that you get to stay with like. You go to different like, classes in a way, and you kind of learn like new things. But yeah, <laughs> that's basically that's like a really unique way of running a science camp, and I liked it so much that I decided to apply there uh, during my I think my freshman year of college, and when I applied originally, I knew they had like a they have a special way of interviewing people where they would have people come onto uh, like a, a site. And they would play uh, games together, and basically, you know, that was basic, and and just like uh, host games and like do like scenarios and stuff like that. And basically, it was, uh, I guess they want they were looking for people who had energy that could do the fulfill the Galileo, uh, GIA kind of stuff, you know. And they were looking for those kind of people. But for my first uh, Galileo, Camp Galileo interview, when I applied, I was like, oh, cool, we'll, we'll take you in for an interview. And I was like, yes, so like, yes I'm, I'm glad I could be interviewed. Um, mine was online, actually. And uh, this was because I couldn't actually drive. I was actually up I was, when I applied. Uh, I applied for the summer, but I was still in college, right? So I couldn't actually drive over to the site uh, just for an interview. Cause that'd be way too far from my college. Uh, I 
yeah, it was like online kind of Zoom meeting kind of thing. And basically, there was like one uh, Galileo staff member there, and they were uh, asking each person to host their own game to include the entire group, and it just goes on from there. So I did my game first, and uh, I forgot what it was so long ago that I forgot what my first game was, but it was not good. It was it was really like bland and like boring and stuff, not that engaging. And I guess the vibes I gave off gave off wasn't that good there during that time. And yeah, it was not as I guess you could say extroverted. I guess they were kind of looking for the extroverted energy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I I got rejected from that first interview, and. I couldn't work that summer, and as a result, that following year, uh, I applied again for Camp Galileo. And that summer, I I knew what the interviewer wanted. Now I knew what they were looking for. So once again, it was a this time it was a Zoom meeting, not because I was far away, but because uh, of the pandemic. Oh wait, never mind. It was not been. It was just a Zoom meeting. I forgot the pandemic wasn't happening yet. <laughs> But yeah, uh, there was this uh, Zoom meeting, and this time I knew what the interviewer wanted, so I came up with a really good game. I called it, uh, I call it, I call it something like Pandora's Box or something like that. Uh, I'm not gonna share the game because I'm very proud of it, and it's like a mix of like different games that I combined together and made it. I made it work so that. Even though it's a game that's meant to be played in person, uh, or the original games that that are inspired or played in person, uh, I combined the two aspects or multiple aspects of them to make Pandora's box work on a Zoom meeting. So like, yeah, it was really good. Um, but that's a trade secret of mine that I won't share unless you want to ask me personally. Then maybe you can ask me to play Pandora's box and I can share you this one-of-a-kind unique game that I've came up with uh, specifically designed for online scenarios uh, I'm, I'm very proud of it it's like the pride it's the game that <laughs> got me the job and I was confident enough confident enough and had the energy uh, to share and kind of play the game and teach the game to the other interviewers and uh, uh, other people who were with me oh yes yeah, so, so the online interview was a group interview so the other people there and there's one staff member, so it's like uh, eight people, including me, and then one interviewer dude, interviewer person, uh, being included in the game as well that I was hosting. So we all played together Pandora's Box, and since I knew what the interviewer was looking for, uh, I was much more energetic. So during those like 15 minutes, during the I think like 15 to 30 minutes of that interview, I was like much more energetic. I put all my extrovert energy into it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was like complete extra. It's crazy. I can I cannot maintain that for like a twenty four seven. But I just needed the extra energy for like that thirty minutes, and it was totally worth it. So all the extra energy and the game that I, that made that Pandora's box, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it's like I want I don't want to say the like pinnacle, pinnacle of like making my summer. Like my my summer awesome, you know. Otherwise, if I didn't have a job, I would like be like 
I don't know, I'll be so depressed, honestly. Dude, it was sucked out of nothing to do, you know? Because, gosh, the quarantine really sucks. It really sucks, really bad. It's so boring. So, then, like, at the same time, you know you can, like, improve yourself. But at the same time, you just don't have any motiva- motivation. You just feel like, oh, I have so much, like, privilege and time that I can be using to, like, teach myself new skills and stuff. But I just don't have the motiv- motivation, you know. I hope other people feel the same way. And it's not just me feeling guilty about not doing things when I could be doing things, you know. Because, yeah, sure, I'm resting right now in quarantine. Yeah, rest is important. But, you know, this rest has been quite a long, long time, you see. Yeah. Okay, back on topic, back on topic. Okay. Uh, I... Yeah, this is my dream job, and I got in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, when I got the offer letter, I was so glad. And then, uh, guess what happened? Yeah, the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah, so basically the year that I applied and I got in, I got the job offer, the pandemic uh, went, uh, happened, and they canceled the camp that summer that I was originally going to work. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have nothing to do. And... Wait, did I have nothing to do? Yeah, I did have nothing to do. <laughs> I had nothing to do in that, that summer. Okay, and now it's all the way to this summer, and I had the job. And yeah, that's the following year. <laughs> Entire online schools, oh my gosh. And then I had summer, and yeah, that's when I had to do a simple application, like return application. It was, it was much easier. They didn't have to interview me again. And I basically got the job again for that summer, and I was able to work there. Okay, so I come to set up data first day and like, well, it's so like crazy to see like everybody in person. There's so many like people, there are college students, people who have graduated, people who are already elementary school teachers, and even high schoolers there too. So all together, we're like one of the biggest like sites, campsites, um, the ca- biggest Galileo campsites on in California, and we had like 50 people like we had so many people there and like of course we were all following like covid guidelines and stuff and basically during setup day we just kind of went over like routines and stuff and like what what to do and how to clean up and stuff each day and like things like camper management uh what to do procedures and stuff uh materials uh yeah, I actually, uh, I met someone who was from, like, an uh, an older, like, high school friend, but we did, I won't, I won't, okay, probably not friend, but, like, acquaintance that I knew of before, but, yeah, I didn't get to see that person a lot during the camp, and the times that we did, it wasn't much, but, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I made some new friends, uh, their names, Alex and Antonio. Uh, Alex was the first one, um, I got to know Alex during, like, setup days when we hung out a bit. Um, he was a bit pessimistic, uh, like, even more pessimistic than me. Um, I don't know. 
he just has this pessimistic vibes and sometimes like you don't want to hang out with those people but you know they're they're good people at heart you know but they have good reasons to be that pessimistic you know i i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's just yeah like hearing their hardships and it kind of it feels like it justifies them being pe- that pessimistic you know because like who could after so much hardship you've gone through alex like how could you oh yeah i i don't know how to continue from there like yeah but yeah he's a cool he's a pretty chill guy <laughs> uh he was my intern uh yeah have my have my intern wow wow yeah so i got the position of group instructor and he was my intern during this first two weeks or yeah it was first two weeks of camp and i was a group instructor so i was on my own that first day i was very ner- nervous and like it was very nerve-wracking as soon as like the kids came into camp and like i was just saying hi to that first kid i still remember the first kid his name was christopher he was the first one to arrive and like Gosh, it felt so awkward too. I tried not to make awkward, just like start conversation, but like I was still like transitioning between like okay, I'm like somewhat not talking to an adult. I'm not talking to an adult anymore. So the age range uh, that I was working with was Supernovas. So those were uh second to fifth graders. So like the age gap was pretty between people who were who are either too bored with their projects or they work too advanced like they're too smart for the projects that we're doing or as young as like they, they need help t- tying their own shoes you know we had i had to teach both those like like spectrum of kids you know people who are super old and people who are younger at the same class so i feel like the supernovas had like the biggest gap so there's like nebulas which is the youngest it was pre-k to k the stars, which is like K to like first grade, and then Supernova is like a ginormous gap from second to like uh almost fourth grade, but there are some fifth graders too for some reason I don't know why. And then oh well, well yeah it was second to fifth grade yeah it was second to fifth grade so it was like a huge gap like oh so many grades I had to like look after it was like different ages and I had to respond differently to each one, each one. And then meteors they were meteors they were the oldest one they were like uh fifth grade to sixth grade you know so yeah so those were age gaps supernovas were had the biggest age gap and it was really overwhelming um yeah so like that the first kid came in and i was like oh cool his name is christopher uh he's like he's really smart he's really bright i, I really like him he 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 told me that oh he actually got camp for free because last year um uh galio couldn't refund uh, the things that they gave the next summer uh, for free. So yeah, I'm here for this week only. I, I was like, okay, cool. It was nice to meet you, Christopher. Um, yeah, so then more kids came. Um, I tried to host the game, but it wasn't really working. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, the, yeah, I just got a kid. The kids get in line, and then we have our indoor or outdoor project. Outdoor. There's like different three different rotations throughout the day like the day is split into three rotations so there's outdoor play uh out uh outdoor project and then indoor project right yeah so uh the order is different for each one for, but for me 
I was like outdoor play for sorry, so I went out and got some poly spots um, and set up some cones on the field and start up a game which according to the curriculum. So like the Camp KLL gave us a curriculum to follow and the curriculum was supposed to help us to choose which games, which projects and how we're supposed to run the how how we're supposed to run each rotation, like what materials we need. So it's supposed to be really good, but some of the games are absolute garbage. Like they just don't work. Like like on paper they look like pretty good games, but like <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh on paper they look yeah, they look they look good. But in practice, once you get the like the vibe for the campus, like some campers are just too old for these games. Like this first game that I originally played with the poly spots and the cones, like basically each camper sits sits uh, stands in a circle with the on the poly spot, and they have someone in the center, and they're supposed to guess like um, the the person in the center closes their eyes, and they like. Uh, They, 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 they close their, they close their, yeah, they close their eyes, and um, the people on the outside, they have to change something about themselves. So change like maybe their, their lanyard and something. They take off the jacket or put their jacket on, play on ties, shoelace or something like that. So basically, they have like the person in the center counts to, like thirty for like closes their eye, counts to 30, and everybody changes something about themselves, and then they l open their eyes, and they look around, and they try to spot the difference, you know? And uh, whoever gets the most points like uh, wins, and someone else goes to the center. But it's... The thing about this game is that it's so, like... I don't know. It's like, what's the point kind of thing? Because, like, everybody wants to be the guesser, and there's clearly not enough time for everyone to go around and choose... And also, it's kind of boring because you're, you can change something about yourself, but it's not, sometimes people don't even notice it, and it feels like you're being ignored. And either, or people just don't care and just make changes that are so obvious, like they just put, like, a cone on their head. Yeah, <laughs> that's what some of the campers say, they put a cone on their head because they don't, they don't care. It's about hiding, making their difference uh, subtle, you know. So, like, yeah, it, on paper, uh, some of the games like that uh, sound good in theory, on, or on paper, but in actual practice, it's not as good. So yeah, we had that curriculum. That was my first game that I played, so remember, remember, remember it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, after outdoor play was outdoor project. Um, since that theme for that week was what was it? Toy makers. Yeah, what did we make? Oh yeah, we made the backboard for our pinball machines. They're basically like um, if you've ever seen a pinball machine, there's like a little like thing in the back where it shows like a picture of like uh what the theme of the pinball machine is. Um, if you've never been in an arcade and never pinned an played on a pinball machine. It's basically like a box um, where you hit a ball and try to prevent hit 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 a, 
you hit a ball inside a tiny box or like a box yeah tiny box and you can't stop it from falling the box is tilted upward so that the ball goes downward and you're trying to use these little flippers at the bottom to hit it up so that it doesn't go past the flippers so that's basically what a pinball machine is if you've never played one before in an arcade um, yeah I feel like some people listening might not know what a pinball machine is I think you can look one up but yeah some people just don't know I, that's something I learned fairly recently that people don't know what pinball machines are and like yeah, it's kind of surprising for me because <laughs> I, I assume that everyone has been on an arcade and has seen a pinball machine <laughs> but apparently some people don't and yeah it's okay I, I don't judge I don't judge at all <laughs> yeah so we made pinball machines so yeah we had them design their pinball machine and how <laughs> I did it was so bad because uh I wasn't I didn't read the curriculum clearly and you used these big plastic boards that weren't supposed to be part of the back backboard they were supposed to be used as oh god dude I'm so bad I hate telling this because it's so it's so dumb uh but like I used these big plastic boards that weren't supposed to be used right and I had them like tape paper onto it and draw on top of it so that they can attach it later to their pinball machine but the thing was that backboard wasn't supposed to be used right and if it was used it was way too big to be attached to the pinball machine um, that we were making so they couldn't take it home and at the end of the week we had to take it apart and it was so sad like it, like I just broke so many like I feel like I broke so many campers hearts because at the end of the week I realized I told them I made that mistake and I didn't realize it and they had to break apart their drawings and yeah oh it's a mistake I will never never live down honestly yeah they had to take they had to take apart their drawings because they can't take the plastic boards home because those plastic boards weren't supposed to be taken in the first place <laughs> but I used them as part of their backboard they we were, we were supposed to use like another supply it was like a smaller like cardboard thing but I couldn't find it and neither could anyone else so like there was no way of knowing like oh how are we supposed to make a backboard like everyone's like I don't know and yeah so yeah yeah that was not a really that was not a good week for me um as a group no uh, yeah as a my first week as a group instructor uh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I broke so many caps heart. Yeah. Okay. Next thing. <laughs> it's moving on. The next thing uh, that I uh, the next rotation was in the project. So basically, we after the, we designed the backboard of the pinball machine, we went inside and got a little box. Um, so the, it's like a simple cardboard box. It's like you know the lid of those. Uh, storage boxes like cardboard storage boxes yeah we basically got those use a little like um screw or uh, screwdriver and scissors to cut like holes for the flippers to go in which the flippers are made of like big popsicle sticks right and they attach rubber bands and hot glue and you can basically like use like pins and stuff to like make like suspension some tension so that they act like actual pinball flippers so they basically did that 
and attached it to there for that day. And here's the thing with some of the older campers, um, as soon as we uh, supplied the, once we taught them the instructions, so the people who were in like fourth to fifth grade in the supernovas, they were able to finish it in like 15 minutes, right? Because those steps were so simple for the first day, like, like you can practically do it in like 10, 10 minutes if, yeah, if you already knew what you're doing. <laughs> and yeah, I could, I could do it in like five, basically. Like it, it was so, it was so easy for them. But for other campers who were in second to third, they took some more time, you know. And that's where the problem of the age gap between like the supernovas, the problem hang, like held in like late in, yeah. Because as soon as the older campers were done, they were bored and they had nothing to do. And like I couldn't like stop what I was doing because I was helping I was I was having trouble helping the younger campers. They yeah, they needed help, you know, and that's what that's why we have like what I don't remember if we have fifteen minutes. We have like fifty minutes or either fifty to an hour and fifteen minutes between those times. I forgot exactly how many minutes we have. But yeah, we have like an hour and fifteen minutes just to do that step, you know. That inc that includes the teaching. So basically, we go in the classroom for the indoor project, and I tell everybody to sit down and uh. I tell everybody to sit down, and then I get out the demo, pinball machine, show them step by step how they're supposed to do it, and then everybody goes to their tables. I go, I go to the back of the classroom and get the supplies and pass out the supplies, and the intern will help me. So Alex was there to help me as well. And oh my gosh, I'm talking too fast. Uh, yeah, Alex was there to help me. And we would pass the supplies, and yeah, we would build together. And Alex and I would go around, and uh, we would uh, yeah, we yeah, we would give us supplies, and then yeah, there were campers, the older campers finish early, who would finish early would be bored, and then they'll play around with stuff that sometimes they weren't supposed to and do things like try to work ahead. I know they want to work ahead, um, but we, there's like a limit of how far we can let them work ahead because if they worked ahead, uh, other campers who are younger would feel like they would be left behind. So we couldn't let them work super ahead. But here, yeah, the problem is that young campers still need to help while the older campers were sport death because they finished the project early and there's still so many more minutes until like lunch time or something or snack time you know for the next thing because they're waiting for whoa what's the next thing what, what are we they kept here's the famous question hey matthew what do you what do we do when we're done it's like uh and then not to come something like uh for that time i told them to color their pinball machine so yeah they did that and yeah, I they just keep on bugging me, and I'll try to like come up with something to like distracting, distract them, you know, as much as I can, because I still need to help the younger campers, you know, because they they struggled with it, and that's what the time, the huge like one hour and fifteen minutes were for, were for, so that we didn't need to rush things. But yeah, that's supernova shenanigans. Yeah, so that's basically the day. So between each rotation. Between once we had the outdoor play, there was a snack time, 
And after snack time was the outdoor project where we built the backboards. After that was lunch time. And then after that, there would be the indoor rotation or indoor project, which was the pinball machine. So that was the first day of the first week. And then each, uh, each following day during that week, um, we would continue on that kind of same schedule, you know. So the next day would build, uh, we built the launcher for the pinball machine. The next day after that, we built obstacles. We attached little, little holes on the pinball machine and we attached, um, yeah, we attached like little obstacles and little skinny things and like, yeah, left like pipe cleaners and stuff, pipe cleaners and popsicle sticks. And yeah, after that, they attached their backboard, I believe. Oh no, they attached this little fan thing um, that cons that was powered by a battery, and yeah, that was pretty cool. Added like an element of randomness, and the last day, we had them just attach their backboard to their pinball machine, and then color and decorate and finish, add the finishing touches to their pinball machine, basically. So that was basically what the week was for my first week. It was very stressful because the thing was I learned a new weakness about myself or at least or at least something I could work on was camper management because the thing was the campers did not listen to me like they just didn't care because I was too nice yeah um I wasn't like stern enough with some of them because yeah I don't I don't want to hurt their feelings and stuff but as a result, like some of the, especially the older campers, they kind of, I don't want to say like take, took advantage of me, but they kind of did. They took advantage of how like lenient I was and how flexible I was when really I should have said like from the beginning of the week, like how, what are the expectations and rules. And it's something I kind of skimmed over and I took for granted. I thought that, oh, if I'm nice, everybody else would be nice. But yeah, nah, that's not how it works with kids. And kids are need to be told what the rules are and need to be shown what happens when they don't follow the rules. So I had to take a couple of campers who were hitting each other to the office and have had them talk to the camp director and yeah I don't think that was pleasant for them and it wasn't pleasant for me because I can like I could, f I could feel the guilt from them although like and also like the guilt of me knowing that I could have prevented this if I had made the rules like straight. Like what would happen like if you did this and this and you're supposed to be respectful and stuff, right? But I didn't really do that. Like the most I did I said, Oh, three rules. Be respectful, um, be safe and have fun, right? Those are pretty simple, right? But I don't think <laughs> I skimmed over it so fast that the campus just forgot about them. Like they don't even know the rules, so I might as well not have went over them at all. Mm. Yeah, so it's like that. The second week was National Parks. So that was a little... During that week, um, I had the first few, the uh, first day of observation. So I would go around and observe different 
um, instructors and try to get a feel of like what I'm supposed to be doing and how, different ideas of how I can improve on like camper management and stuff and because the new camp director knew that oh I wasn't doing so hot on the camp camper management kind of things and I went around and I looked around I was like okay cool I just had these new things but the thing was the prop the flaw in doing that is that I saw them arrive at this point like every time I saw them they all have all their campers like listening and attentive and quiet and, and stuff right but for my, for my campers mine were like chaotic like chaotic bunch for some reason and like you just didn't like listen you know because I didn't set the expectations so I never knew how they did it so how how did they get from point A to point B when when I'm observing them they're already at point B but I don't I don't ever I don't know I don't see the in between you know they're just already doing the teaching part and the campers are automatically listening somehow it's like well it's like some magic how do you do, do it what is this sorcery they're doing you know mm, or else but yeah so that was like kind of like a issue that <laughs> I found in myself um is there dude um yeah okay so my second week of being a group instructor it was so stressful that um there's one day during the near the end of my second week as a group instructor the the boss of my boss came in so the regional director the director of the region of my area of uh, campsites came in and visited my specific group and saw how terribly I was doing and then she had to talk to my boss so the camp director <laughs> and then yeah the camp director had like a one-on-one -on -one with me and was like uh yeah this is apparently this is happening and I guess maybe it's a little much for you and it's like oh, yeah I basically cried I cried a little during that meeting. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And, like, I don't want to burn out. So, like, she let me become, um, uh, she let me become uh, a camp operations intern. So, basically, I kind of downgraded myself and I became an intern instead. So, I was helping out other, uh, camp instructors and, yeah, that worked out. That worked out well for the rest of the summer. Even though my pay rate was lower, um, my, slightly, uh, it was still worth it just to keep my, like, sanity, you know, because I was going insane, like, just, like, not at the time, not knowing how to manage campers. Um, I think being an intern helped me realize, oh, I get I to watch, like, the instructors 24-7 now. Or at least like the entire day and see how to get from point A to point B. So now maybe I can be an instructor at this point, but that like during this like the end of my second week, I just had no idea. I was like I was like burning out honestly. So I became an intern, and for the rest of the summer, I was like oh, I was chilling. Being an intern was like so much easier. It's I don't I don't know how the instructors do it. It's just those two weeks were so much for me, from like, from week zero of me doing nothing just sitting 
in my room all all day all week to just bam I'm just seeing like so many like kids adults and parents their parents and talking to them talk to campers and then dealing with campers issues and staff issues and stuff like I was like bro so overwhelming like one thing that I can't never like forget is how stark like just the brain difference is like like their brain just like woke up like it's shocked like shocks like wow what's happening things are happening new things are happening or like that like my routine's changing well that's crazy wow 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 okay yeah so like just I could, I could feel the ba- the br- my brain's chemistry just shifting during that, especially that first week, because like, so so many things were new and so many things were different. It's like a spark, you know. It's crazy. I I don't know how to like experience itself, because now, like, as the summer camps went on, it's like it became routine, you know. But that first like week or two, I just felt how different. I felt like more alive. I think that's the best way to describe. Just felt more alive because I was actually doing something, you know. But because I was, I was doing my dream job. Mhm. Not exactly the way I was expecting it because of the pandemic, because and stuff. Because of COVID nineteen, we all had to wear a mask, and I couldn't really see what my campers' faces are, and neither could they see my face so it was a little difficult oh yeah also a lot difficult actually and with all the social distancing guidelines and like us trying to keep the group separate separated but yeah it rough sometimes (laughs) it wasn't and yeah the camp schedule wasn't the usual way how it was usually run at camp galileo you had like three the, the the system of three rotations with the snacks the breaks in between wasn't how it was supposed to run but it was just the adaptation for the pandemic you know just to make sure everybody was social, social socially distancing but yeah that wasn't how it worked originally but luckily the following summer the next summer they said that they would revert back to the old way you know so that's good i don't know if i'll be working at camp galileo but we'll see we'll see we'll see um. Yeah, I don't know what I'll be. Um. Is there anything else I want to talk about? Oh yeah, yeah. So once I became an intern, I got slightly lower pay rate. That's fine. I got my sanity, and I got to see so much like ways how people set ground rules. So one way they did was the community method where they uh, have the campers come up with the rules themselves and say, oh, what rules would you expect to follow? And they write it down on a piece of paper and they post it up so that um, they know what rules to follow. So that was pretty innovative, very creative. I, I, I liked it. Um, they, yeah, I liked that. I liked it. And also, like, how, uh, what level of like sternness you had to be with some of the campers because sometimes I was a little too ki- too kind hearted to some of the campers when really I could just be like straight up like no like just say no to the camper like no <laughs> like no I'm not you like, like for example like maybe uh they get like a 
they get supplies for what they need for the project and they're like oh I don't have I need more of these you have more of these and I'm like I just gave you some like where to go and they're like I don't know can I get some more it's like and normally even though I know we have like let's say like it's like popsicle sticks they need more popsicle sticks and I already gave it like a whole bunch already I give like an entire handful for them for the project and they're not supposed to have like any more that's all they need right but they want more for some reason I'm like normally I would go uh, go to the back of the classroom and get it for them knowing that I I know knowing that we have a whole bunch of extra popsicle sticks that I can give out and we're, we have more than enough I can give it out but really uh, it's better to just say no because otherwise uh, to say no and either say no uh, we don't have any more because um, they were supposed to be and tell them that um, we gave you this and this already and it's not being mean because otherwise if I set the expectation that oh if you ask me for more materials I'll give you it um, for the materials that are much more rare or much more like in not as in, a, in abundance like let's say like uh, motors motors are motors and batteries and stuff those are more like we don't have a whole bunch of those right so I can't just be giving those out willy-nilly. They just campus can only have a minimum. So I have to say no on thing, the materials that even though we need, a, we have a whole bunch of like paper or popsicle sticks. You know, we have a whole bunch of those. But I have to say no just to set the expectation that no, I'm not giving you extra supplies. You know, you're you're gonna have to work with what you have. So yeah, so that's something I learned. Now you can say no, but and it's not it's not like mean it's like okay that's just the that's just setting the expectation for the camper that we gave you materials and you gotta use what you got and don't lose it don't break it thug life Yeah, so I learned a lot. Um, I think a quote that I want uh, 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 to talk about that is that this job let me see meet up with people who had the potential to touch hearts and change the world. So even in the short time that I spent with some of these campers, if it's just one week, and it was so short, I don't know. Everything is so rushed, I feel like. And you rarely get enough time to really talk to the campers. Because you're forced to go on a lunch break, you know. And during those lunch breaks, the campers usually are eating lunch as well, you know. Mm. So you don't exactly get to eat lunch with the campers. So... At least in like a quiet place, you know. Super loud. Because everybody else is like playing and eating lunch at the same time. <sighs> but yeah. You see some people, some people who could, wow, well, they're like, you look at them, look at their, their ideas and the way they think and hear 
hear about the way they think and how they view the world and stuff. And it's like, wow, you can you can totally change the world like if you like work like if you keep going how you're living, if you keep living how you're living your life, like you can totally change the world for good. And and the way you can like reach out to other people and affect them like, like just wow you know I can see that in quite a handful of campers you know a small handful of campers like and I wish I could like hang out with them more but you know it's only just one week for each time and if I'm lucky they'll come again and I'll get to talk to them and hang out with them spend more time with them more but if not they're gone for the rest of the summer and I never get to see them ever again unless they come next year and I come next year but yeah that's a lot of factors maybe they go to a different summer camp or they don't go to summer camp at all and sometimes I just like to like think of like what if scenarios and what if this person that I'm being a, a instructor or intern to and I'm hanging out with they grow up like decades later and they talk become like a celebrity or someone who actually changes the world or I don't know they make the headlines or something or maybe they don't wait head make the headlines but they still change the world in a way that doesn't make news but still makes a ginormous impact you know that not normal everyday human beings can see you know <laughs> yeah I sometimes think about that I think about the first time that has happened it's like it wasn't at uh, Camp Galileo, it was at my first like ever like summer job. I was like, whoa, this kid is going places. Like, um, this person wanted to help the homeless, and she saw homeless out in the streets. And like, he was like, uh, I want to build like a shelter, like a place for them to stay, you know? I was like, oh my gosh, my heart. I, uh, so pure. Doesn't know the realities of that, and I told her, told I told her that oh yeah, those are, that's a thing. And yeah, and that she wants to build one as well. I was like, oh, so my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's when I first discovered that there are like, kids like that. I was like, wow. They want to help other people too. Can really change the world for good. Kind of, it makes me kind of tear up a little. Just seeing that, yeah. Um, but too bad for Camp Galileo, especially with like the way camp is run right now. It's a little rushed, and you don't get as much hangout time, you know, <coughs> with the campers as I did with my previous camps, where we spent a lot of time hanging out and playing board games and stuff. In Camp Galileo, there weren't board games. I had to bring my own car of Uno, uh, and, <coughs> and stuff. Um, some campers like making lanyards. Some people like playing Uno, and that was pretty fun. I I really enjoyed the times where it was just doing nothing, because it's a very cool beauty and just doing nothing, just like hanging out with some of the campers, kids being kids and stuff. <laughs> that I could be a kid as well along with them. Um, I made some good friends. I hope that we keep in touch. Um, Alex and Antonio. I don't know if you'll ever see this podcast episode, but 
yeah, I hope we do keep in touch and stay friends because you, you guys are my, I guess I want to say my first quarantine friends or pandemic, post-pandemic? I don't know. It's still pandemic happening, I guess. So I guess, <laughs> uh, lockdown friends, I guess. Yeah, I hope, I hope we do, even though, even though camp is over. Um, hope you keep in touch. I really enjoyed the boba hangouts we did, and uh, the pho hangout. That was was fun. Um, and I'm kind of feeling sentimental. Kind of like, I'm really missing the times. These like, camp was only seven weeks, and when I first like got the offer letter, I was like, oh cool, seven weeks. So like, fills up most of my summer. It's gonna be like oh, a fun time and stuff. And yeah, it was really fun. I learned so much about myself and about other people and just how like people would socialize like post pandemic kind of stuff like people want to meet other people during they're like thirsty to meet other people <laughs> that's the way to describe it you know because I've seen I've seen some flirting in, in, in my, within my co-workers and I know you guys are asking me this. Oh, did I, did I meet anyone during my work? I was like, I'm like, no. I didn't. There weren't really anyone. I guess I can say my excuse was like, they're either too old or there just wasn't many opportunities to, or I didn't make any opportunities to meet up with them, you know, or to hang out, there weren't many ways, you know, no reason to talk to a co-worker if we don't even work together, in the same, like, age group, you know, but yeah, I didn't, I saw, I witnessed it a lot, so, between, like, especially the high schoolers, I can definitely relate, because when I was high schooler working, like, volunteering, kind of the same, like, summer camp kind of thing, like, I'd be thirsty AF, you know. <laughs> uh, my flirting skills aren't definitely weren't good back then, and they still aren't right now. But yeah, they thirsty. I can tell. I can, I can feel it. And like watching them with the friends, like Antonio and Alex, we were, we were like all like uh, graduated and still college. Like feel old, you know. Like watching these kids. But they're also our co-workers, they're like high, just like, uh, they're still high schoolers, or like just graduated high school kind of thing. I can relate. I mean, we've been all indoors, like, come on man, we want to make new friends. Um, yeah. Do what's good for us, what makes us happy. Feel the thrill. <laughs> Of being in, of catching feelings, you know, just because we're scared of, or <laughs> catch feelings, don't catch the coronavirus, COVID, <laughs> catch feelings, not COVID. That sounds like a slogan for like a laugh or something. Catch feelings, not COVID, wear a mask. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know what. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I'm just laughing at myself. 
catch feelings not COVID. Yeah, so yeah, people 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 be really be trying to catch feelings in the camp. <laughs> uh, especially those high schoolers. Yeah. I would I had that same feeling when I was in uh high school. Those hormones are strong, you know. And they still be running strong in college too, but can't really see anybody. Or also I was way too stressed from being a gripper instructor at the time to really look around. Like my focus was entirely with the campers and like it was my first priority. I always wanted to make them happy. Almost to a fault sometimes, you know. Hmm. I'm talking for like fifty two minutes. That's crazy. Not straight. Kind of taking my time with things. I'm very proud of this because I'm doing this like completely ad lib without a script. Where usually I do a script, and I guess I do breeze through the script very quickly. But I'm I'm just talking on my own, you know. And I've little fill up almost an hour. I'm proud of myself. Good job, Matthew. Give myself a pat on the back. I'm also proud of this podcast episode. Mm. What else can I talk about? There's like flirting and stuff. Um, yeah, not really in the game right now. Maybe when I go back in college and it's in person and stuff. I mean, maybe back in that kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I was best. Yeah, I learned a lot more. I got to hang out and chill as an intern. Um, it was really like who um all the instructors once I became an intern wanted to be with me because uh I knew what to do because since I was technically an instructor for all the projects, so I knew what was happening and what to do, and like I knew what materials what we needed exactly. So like all instructors wanted me and whoever whichever instructor had me as their intern that team that group was super stacked because it's basically having two instructors on one group because we knew what I knew we both knew what we were doing and interns in general didn't really know what they were doing (laughs) you know unless like you were like you've been like worked at Gala before you know but most of them didn't so like Oh, I also didn't too, but I was, since I was an instructor, I knew exactly what the instructor needed. <laughs> so I could like prepare for each rotation accordingly and be ready for whatever issues pop up, you know. I don't know what to do. So yeah, it was super stacked. Well, it was really fun to, I guess, to be appreciated in a way. <laughs> but yeah, it was a super stacked team and... We ha- uh, uh, we whichever instructor I had was one, it was fairly easy. We handled things really well. Yeah, thanks to them. I didn't. I don't know how they handled the stress by themselves and stuff. But yeah, as an intern, it was much better, and I'm really glad I was able to work at Camp Galileo. Um, yeah, I think I'll end this episode right now at the 55 minute mark. Thanks again for coming to listen on the Asian Thought Podcast. I'll catch y'all later.